today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Bank of Canada announcement coming up tomorrow. And uh, it's no secret here. They're going to raise the rates once again. Uh, the anticipation is probably by 75 points, uh, which is not good news for an awful lot of people that are struggling and, and trying to make payments on, on what they've already got. So what are the uh, the ramifications? What are the choices that are even available to us? And how are we uh, in the public going to have to deal with this? Uh, to answer all these questions, so please to welcome back to the program, Brian Hogby. Brian is the broker for Mission 35 Mortgages. He's also the author of the book, How to Get Mortgage-Free Really Effing Fast, uh, the book on how to pay off your mortgage in Canada with 10 simple steps. Brian, good to have you back on the show. Hope you're doing well these days. Well, I'm trying, Bill. We're fielding lots of phone calls these days about uh, <laughs> rising interest rates. So uh, doing pretty good, though. How about yourself? Uh, I'm hanging in. Uh, you know, we're, we're watching this, too. I think we're all you know concerned about what's going to happen here. I, I'm sure you saw the story this morning that Canada Mortgage and Housing uh, has said that they see a recession coming to Canada by the end of this year. Uh, that's never good news, uh, but they're just looking at the way the rates are rising and the impact that it's having. Uh, notwithstanding that story, though, Brian, I mean, the Bank of Canada Governor Tiff Macklin basically is saying, well, too bad, so sad, we're going to do this anyway. Yeah, very true. You know what, I think they pretty much put the flag in the sand saying it's a 0.75% increase that's going to happen tomorrow. There's even a 15% chance I saw of a 1% increase tomorrow, but I do believe uh, we'll see at the 075 increase which uh which is going to be which is going to be pretty big it's a big increase in payments for a lot of people that have variable rate mortgages the one saving grace is uh, most people who got a mortgage within the past 12 months that rate will still be below what they stress tested at the five and a quarter the 5.24 percent so it is a big jump um but most people have been stress tested under the premise of the rate going higher than what it will be going uh, tomorrow. And, and for those that are thinking, come on, when is this going to end? Uh, I don't think it's going to be anytime soon, do you, Brian? I mean, you know, the other element that we saw here is uh, Doug Porter from uh, BMO, chief economist for BMO, uh, suggesting that the inflation rate could go as high as 8%. I mean, it's almost there now. Uh, but that tells us that, the you know, the, 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 the express purpose that the Bank of Canada had in mind to do this, uh, they're not achieving it. They're, they're still going the wrong way. Yeah, it's very true. You know what? I think the one saving grace that we see is uh, that Tiff Macklem and all his friends get to take the month of August off because they don't meet in August. So the one good news is that if we do see a supersized hike tomorrow, the 0.75, there's no meeting in August. And and why I think that's good news is because <clears throat> we'll have much more information than when they meet again in September to see where things land. Now, I don't think all of our problems will be solved over the summertime. But there was one really good um, uh, study that I just read about this morning, and it was the consumer confidence level. And uh, lead, and consumer confidence leads to inflationary expectations because the more confident people are with their financial situation, the more people will spend. And now I think we can all agree uh, our confidence levels is not as good, so we'll spend less money. And the study actually said that Canadians' confidence level is at – the lowest point since April of 2020. And I don't really want to go back to April of 2020, but I think you and I can both remember what was happening then. That was not yeah. a confident time in the world. So Exactly. So I think that's a good thing because what that means is that expectations are catching up to these rate hikes. So I am, uh, uh, you know, I'm always a glass half full kind of guy, but I'm hopeful that this will be the last supersized hike uh, we may see a little bit more interest rate hiking in the fall, 
but maybe quarter point, half a point. But then the other thing, there's always, when a recession comes, usually 12 months after the peak, there's always rate drops after that too. So that's something to, to bear in mind. The other element to this, and I'm glad you raised the idea about basically taking the summer off. Uh, <laughs> we know that a lot of the stuff here, and, and, and some of this is, is, is domestically you know, inspired, and, and it's, it's the problem. You know, we, we do have housing shortage. There's a supply problem here. Uh, there are you know, supply chain issues with, with almost everything else we're trying to buy too. But yeah. a lot of it is international, as you and I have talked about in, in our past discussions. And, and sure. I guess there's maybe, if not an expectation, Brian, at least maybe a hope that if they wait until, say, mid-September before they start to reassess this and decide what they're going to do, maybe some of those other pressures will have, have not evaporated, but at least diminished to the point where we can say, hey, okay, we're starting to go in the right direction here. Yeah, I agree with that. And I'm hopeful of that, too. You know, I've been reading some reports saying, you know, because the weather's been great, we're getting good crops across Canada and other places that we can source other than, you know, Russia, Ukraine. It looks like oil production is ramping up again. Um, all those things help drive prices down so we're not bleeding every time we go to fill up our car, right? So I think as long as those pressures continue in a favorable momentum over the summertime, I'm, again, I'm optimistic and hopeful that we'll be in a good spot uh, come September where we don't have to see another 0.75%. The one thing I always remind people of, too, is I hate to say this, but the Bank of Canada and TIFF has been wrong in the past. He made a prediction in July 2020 and saying that they were going to keep interest rates low for a long, long time and not to worry. Well, you know, these things have a way of shaping out differently sometimes than how they're predicted. Uh, I still remember talking with that on the program because I, <laughs> I, I thought it was somewhat amazing. You know, we were talking about, OK, it looks like we're going to start our economic recovery. That's great. And and and, and Tiff, our buddy Tiff there said, I'm not going to touch interest rates. Don't worry about it. You know, I, we want to make sure this recovery is is going to go smoothly. So we're going to hold off and just let the economy get back on its feet. Uh, right. And uh, like you're right. And about six weeks later, he said, I, I, I said that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, I mean, exactly. it is what it is, I, and I understand there are changing circumstances, but we didn't see this coming. Just to remind our listeners, though, um, you know, while they may have the best of intentions, they being the Bank of Canada, uh, with, right. with the interest rate hikes here, uh, the old idea about going too far uh, is, is still out there, and it's something that I think we're more and more concerned about right now, uh, that if we do head into recession, as uh, CMHC is suggesting, uh, that's going to cause things like job losses and a number of other things right now. And, we, you know, that's, that's a rabbit hole. I don't think we want to go down. I, I agree. I, I tell people what we're telling a lot of our clients, you know, it's easier to predict what's going to happen tomorrow than it is to what's going to happen two months from now. Right. So, I, you know, we're telling a lot of our clients because a lot of people are thinking, you know, do I lock in? Do I sell my house? Do I, you know, make some drastic change? And, and our advice is, listen, um, if it's not a good idea to lock in today because the interest rate's high, then it's probably not going to be a good idea two months from now. So why don't we just wait and see? Let's postpone that de that decision for another 30 days, 60 days. And it's kind of like, let's take those decisions slower instead of looking too far down the road. Because I think sometimes, you know, even me, when I look too far down the road, it can get pretty bleak if I'm uh, listening to a lot of things. But just make that decision because we're going to have a lot more information in September. And then you can end up saying, hey, you know what? Maybe I do have to sell my house. Maybe I do need to lock into a mortgage. Maybe I do need to refinance. Maybe I do need to do something at that point. But I think the wait and see is not a bad strategy right now, especially if you're in a variable rate mortgage because you are still in the cheapest product available. And, and does that go for both? 
people that are already in mortgage right now or even people that are qualified I don't know if, if somebody's just buying a house right now uh, it, would your recommendation be variable rate for the until we find out where this is going to go it's a good it's a very good point what i would say is uh, i recommend variable or short-term fixed right now uh, a really great option for people like i think the variable will come out ahead at this moment in time over the next five years i'm very certain about that but i also I call it sleep insurance. If you're going to lay awake at night worrying about your mortgage, that's no way to live. I would be more apt to advise, say, a three-year fix, a two-year fix, something where over the next one to two years, even three years, we're going to be in a much more certain, certain, more stable environment, and you're still getting a good rate. It's not going to be as high as the five or as low as the variable, but you're getting a very reasonable rate. You don't have to worry about it for two to three years uh, as an alternative to uh, taking the variable because again, I do think the variable will play out ahead. Because uh, again, whenever recession does come, typically you'll see small rate drops when that comes to, and then you'll get to benefit on that as well. So basically, what we need here is is to try to build in an exit ramp, you know, a variable rate or something like that, or or short term. Uh, because if they do start to fall again, I, I remember that happened with those god awful days of the nineteen percent mortgages back in the early eighties. Right. And a whole lot of people said when they started to drop, they said, oh, I'm going to renegotiate with the bank. Uh, there are significant penalties if you try to break a mortgage and get to try to get a lower rate. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, there's an argument to be made that it's just not worth all the hassle, nor the money that's going to be charged. So uh, you've got to build in your own safety net here, don't you? Yeah, Bill, you know what? If you ever want to become a mortgage agent, I think you'd be a phenomenal one. I'm just saying, okay, <laughs> put it out there. But, but you're absolutely right, because uh, barring this market timing and everything else, uh, almost 75% of people will break a five-year fixed term because, you know, death happens, divorce, job change, money issues. And you're right, there's a huge penalty. So barring all this interest rate stuff that's going on now, a variable rate typically will only carry a three-month interest penalty. So if any of these things come up, just like you said, you want to renegotiate with the bank, your penalty is the lowest uh, with a three-month three interest penalty on the variable rate. You're absolutely right on that. Well, and, and, and the, I guess it depends on the bank. I mean, because that seemed to be the, the, the gold standard. Okay, you pay a three-month penalty. Uh, then they decided uh, what they called a mortgage differential. In other words, they wanted uh, the interest that you would have paid anyway for the rest of the mortgage, uh, whether it's two years or three years or four years. As you say, some people got significant uh, stings out of, as a result of that. So, you know, be wise and, and have those discussions, I guess, uh, with somebody yeah. like yourself. Uh, Brian knows, you know, the, the and which is I, which is why I'm not surprised at all that you're you're getting a lot of phone calls because right now there's a lot of people just say I don't know where to clear them, I don't know what to do next. Yeah, and you know it's unfortunate because in our industry there's a lot of I would call it exotic mortgage products. They look exotic, kind of like a frilly bird, uh, but the reality is there's a lot of fine print in it, and we've even seen mortgages now where where lenders have something. It's called a bona fide sale, which means you're not allowed to break the mortgage unless you're selling it to a non-arm's length person. So it's like some people are in these mortgages right now that got really, really great uh, appealing interest rates, but they have no idea that they're handcuffed. And I think now more importantly than ever, because there are so many different types of mortgage products, it is important to have someone say, hey, here's the pro, you may have a great rate, but here's the con. And you just need to be educated and make sure you're going in with your eyes open as to what you're actually signing for. Because a lot of times we'll say there's two penalties in a mortgage. Uh, you know, the one going in or two cost to mortgage, the one going into it and the one coming out. And you want to make sure you're educated on what those are. 
And, and let's be fair about this. I mean, I'm sure you've seen this in all the time you've been in the business. Not everybody reads the small print. <laughs> uh, oh, just like, on. you know, when you, when you want, you know, when you, you, on Facebook, yeah, I accept, sure, whatever those conditions are. Yeah, yeah, I just want to get under the, uh, and we do the same thing. Yeah, that's a pretty good rate. So we just sign. And then it, it, it's it's like that shock you get later and you say, oh, yeah, that was in the contract. So take some time. Oh. This is not something you want to rush into, is it? No. And you know what? You bring up a great point because we live in the DocuSign world today. I've spoken yeah. to uh, certain real estate brokerages and the head brokers. I think there is going to be anywhere from a three to five year delay in lawsuits for people that have DocuSigned papers that had no idea what they're signing. And if you've ever DocuSigned something, Bill, I could have sold my soul to the devil. I had no idea what I'm signing. I'm just tap, tap, tap. All of a sudden, I've signed a 10-page document, right? And I think uh, people need to be very aware of that, making sure you're dealing with someone that you trust, that you're reading that paper, because it is... To your point, it's far too easy in the DocuSign world right now to uh, agree to something that you have no idea what you're agreeing to. Well, and uh, well, talk to somebody in the know, like this guy. That's Brian. Brian Hogman, <laughs> uh, Brokers for Mission 35. Uh, Brian, always a pleasure. Stay well, my friend. We'll talk again soon, I'm sure. Thanks, Bill. You too. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.